Hello and welcome to another positive episode of In That Number. Dumped out of the cup in midweek to Derby, but we bounced back with a strong win. Um, well, really incredible display against Everton on Saturday. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Before we start, I'd like to draw your attention to our Twitter. You can find us on at number podcast and follow me at rayhunt84, my co-host on at moscomush. And if you could leave us a five-star review, that will help out massively. You can also send us an email, you know, with any questions or thoughts to in that number podcast at gmail.com. That's in that number podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll, we'll read it out and we'll... Uh, now I'd like to bring in my enthusiastic co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Hello, Kev. Hello, Ray. Good week? Um, yes, I'm feeling right as rain, despite the horrific cold that I've been battling with the last few days. Um, I'm feeling very positive. Good. Why, why is that? Well, um, not over and only if we just had uh, back-to-back wins for the first time in living memory. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've just uh, come off from recording with Matt Markstone from the Southampton Delivery Podcast, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. So that that, that episode will be out for for you on Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure you uh, have a listen to that. But we'll post that up on our Twitter and and probably Facebook as well, so you can um, yeah you can hear that. It's a good it was a good listen. Um, news this week. Um, I, I want to start off by saying about the meet and speak session. Uh, it was on Thursday, uh, Thursday the 17th this week, um, with the chairman, Ralph, Kru- Ralph Kruger, Ralph Hasenhutl, and the managing director, Toby Steele. Uh, I don't want to bore you too much with all the details, but um, did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah, I think Mark shared it with us as well. Oh, he did, yeah. Mark uh, Mark Griffiths on Twitter shared out some of it. So, um, you know, a, f- a few of the points that was was coming out of the meeting that I wanted to discuss with you some injuries that we've been picking up because of the style of play and the, Ob- the fact that Oberfemi doesn't look after himself and he needs to be more professional hmm. mm. yeah I, mean, I suppose that's just um, a bit of the collateral damage and we've got the depth of squad to kind of deal with that really haven't we? He's still pretty young as well isn't he so mm. you know um, some targets in mind for this window but they have to be long term so it's kind of something that they have, you know, discussed that they are looking to bring in players, whether we will or not. I don't know. Um, Summer will see overhaul of the squad um, to get us back to where we want where we want to be in Europe. Ooh. So big, you know, big plans in the summer, hopefully. Yeah. Forget uh, Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pierre Emil Hoiberg on the radar of elite clubs in Europe uh, due to his development. Uh, that is the model that we're reverting back towards: buy cheap, develop into top players, and then you know end up at elite clubs. What do you think about that? Um, that's fine. I'm, I'm not sure about Hoiberg specifically. I think it will take maybe another season because, um, yeah, I mean we've we've seen players a bit like him, haven't we? Move on to other clubs. Um, I'm thinking more of like yeah, you know, Victor Wanyama, Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, that have been in the squad for a long term. Sure. Yeah, you can say a lot about the Liverpool Liverpool team now. Well, no, I mean, not sort of... I mean, the Liverpool ones, they're more of sort of young startlets that uh, we managed to up their game and they really impress and it's clear that they need to move on to better things. Whereas with... Um, oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. Schneidlin, no, he was in there for the long haul and then, yeah, yeah. yeah he's done. Uh, Jose Fonte as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be a shame to let him go. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's massively important to us this season. So, uh, and you know, you just want to keep hold of that space. But he has been at um, he's been at Bayern Munich as well, hasn't he? I think we got him from Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah. So he has been at big clubs. So maybe there's a possibility of going back there. I don't know. Um, Callum Slattery, Ralph Hasenhuttle likes him. Um, he thinks he's the most advanced uh, in his development. He likes Valerie, um, but needs to improve heading. And uh, he thinks Oberfemi is another rough diamond also. Yeah, Ralph Kruger and Toby Steele reiterated about owner allowing all money made by the club on transfers and operations go back into into playing squad. Um, so no money has been taken out by Gao. So basically everything that we're making from the transfers is going straight back into that fund. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Not making that much as it, at the moment as it is anyway. No. Um, well, we took a loss on Gabbiadini, didn't we? Well, it's only a slight loss. Yeah. And he, he's aged as well. Yeah. Uh, South Car Park to be made into a fan zone uh, on match days, subject to council approval, maybe in the spring or the start of next season. Yeah, that's something that excites me. Yeah. Because, mm. um, I mean, I like the atmosphere um, around the grounds before the match, you know, with the Saints brass and um, yeah, all the crowds filling. If there's, there's somewhere that all uh, um, the fans could safely sort of hang out and, and uh, yeah, get geared up for the match, I think that would be, that'd be great. Yeah, um, a, couple of, a couple of other things that weren't really too interesting but one that did catch my eye was the club actively exploring ways to move away uh, move away fans as they acknowledge it gives them uh, the away team advantage by increased atmosphere you know all subject to police and council approval so they, 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 what they want to want to move the away fans away yeah that's something that's been discussed at the fan forum as well and it's yeah. been doing the rounds on twitter um, i think logistically it's going to be difficult to, with all the season ticket holders up in the northern end um, yeah, potentially being moved to the other side of the ground. What uh, out of the stadium? That'd be nice. <laughs> We've mo- yeah, remove the, the away other fans. side of the seats. Yeah, just take them out. Yeah, <laughs> have to watch it on big screens in the fan zone now. That's what it's for, really. <laughs> it's the away fan zone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean the the, the whole idea that um, the away team in the second half always is pl- playing towards the well, kind of a home crowd, I suppose. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, compared to what some of the other clubs do, it's it's quite a decent away game for for uh, for yeah. the away fans. Sure. Um, and Hassan Hurtle says that we are better defensively. I mean, we, we talked about this with um, Matt Markstone on his show earlier, but he says how uh, um, we're better defensively with five at the back, but not effective in attack, as no pressure at the top of the field. Whereas more effective going forward with a, with a back four, but not organised enough in defence. So lack of quality in, in one-on-one situations when defending, plus no firefighter in front of the back four to protect them. So, you know, pros and cons for both of those those formations. But at the moment, you know, five at the back seems to be working with the wing backs. Yeah, this is the same quandary that Mark Hughes was facing, and he didn't find a solution. I think Ralph's pretty much set with a, a back five. Yes, yeah, so you can play, um, you can play three-four-three, or uh, yeah, you can move to five at the back uh, when needed. And it seems to be working for us fine. And you know the the, the one thing that you you didn't say was the fact that Wesley Hoot's not playing in the five or the all the four, so that's the big difference. Yeah, I think um, maybe. So yeah, we're we're waiting to move Wesley Hoot on, just because uh, Mark Hughes wants to take his lover to whatever next club he's going to manage and do his all destroying accent. Pompey. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, go Just on. You're talk. welcome to him. You're welcome to both of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was about it from that. So overall, it was pretty, you know, pretty positive. So fans say. Um, you got any more news that you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep it up with the transfer rumours as long as the January window is open. So, um, yeah, from various news outlets, apparently we've been looking at Chris Metham and Ollie Watkins at Brentford. No, um, that one. Yeah, I mean, these are just rumours. Um, so, yeah, at, at Genk in Belgium, uh, we've been looking at uh, Denmark under-21 attacking right-back Joachim Mähle. Um, oh yes, I did read that. Sorry, yeah, I did read about that. Yeah, and I remember reading it, thinking, "Oh, I should say that on the podcast," but then I thought, "No, I can't pronounce his surname, so I let Kev deal with that one." Well, I tried my best uh, with my elementary Dutch skills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, apparently, we're close to uh, making a four hundred thousand pound deal for sixteen-year-old Motherwell winger Stuart McKinstry. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing them in the first team squad, even if it does go through. Um, and yeah, some vague rumour about uh, Maka going off to Leeds United. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no truth in that one. No, Mac is not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't think there could be a link with uh, Saints' interest in uh, Leeds's 18-year-old winger Jack Clark. Um, but the one that really stood out for me, I mean, there's probably a couple of them that were a Messi. little bit ex- exciting. Yeah, Lionel Messi wants to see out his career on the South Coast. It's been his dream since he was a child growing up in Argentina. But he said he only wants to come over if Neymar comes with him. Yeah, and if uh, Matt Latiz holds his hand as he goes out through the tunnel each match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so apparently Ralph wants to bring in Jean-Kevin Agonstein, the pacey 21-year-old French striker for Red Bull Leipzig, and he looks like a very interesting prospect. Yes, he does. I've heard that. That looks good. And very good pronunciation there as well. Well done. Oh, merci beaucoup. Yeah, um, yeah, he looks like he could be the next Sadio Mane. So, um, yeah, heard it here first. And also, yeah, also in Red Bull Leipzig, their centre-back and captain, Willy Orban. So if either of those two comes in, or both, then uh, yeah, I think that would be brilliant. But I mean, it could be in January, could be in the summer. Talking about Messi, or um, no, sod Messi. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've got Nathan Redmond. He plays on the left, he plays on the right, and he makes Messi look shite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's it um, for rumours. That's it for rumours, and just a little bit of an international update um, as Yoshi's travels around the United Arab Emirates. Piss it. United Arab Emirates. Mm. So I think I drank a little bit too much coffee before the... <laughs> mm. um, uh, a little international update as uh, Yoshi makes his travels around the United Arab Emirates. Uh, he played the, the full 90 minutes as Japan defeated Oman 1-0. And th- he was an unused substitute as they beat Uzbekistan 2-1. That leaves Japan top of Group F, unbeaten, and they play Saudi Arabia in the last 16 today, in fact, as the podcast comes out on Monday, the 21st of January. Excellent. That's, that's I feel update. like that, that, that little Yoshi Travels segment should have a theme tune to it. Yeah, <laughs> like an 8-bit sort of computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get on it. Um, All right. 
Any any more news? That's it. Okay. Um, with that, we'll go straight into the Derby game. So, Derby midweek FA Cup replay. Two-two. Uh, lost five-three on penalties. Goals from Stuart Armstrong and Nathan Redmond, and Derby goals for Harry Wilson and what was it Waghorn, wasn't it? In the dying mm-hmm. few minutes. Starting eleven. Angus Gunn again. Uh, Ramsey, Stevens, Vestergaard, Cedric, and Tyreek Johnson. And then the midfield of Romeo, Ward-Prowse, Elianusi, Armstrong, and Long up front on his own. Um, what do you think about that one? Well, yeah, I think we're, again, we're just one player too short of being strong enough to get through. I think it was either you're going to put out the youth and just say, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, or you put out a strong side and get through to the next round and look for a great cup run and an easier game um, away at Crinkton Stanley. But yeah, I think I think just yeah, one one less youth player, and I think we would have had the strength. And Redmond, um, when he did come on, completely changed the game. They're just two different sides. And yeah. If we'd have put him on the first half, he'd have done his business, and then we could uh, bring on a defender. I mean, you've got Bednarik and Target on the bench there. Bring them on, see out the game, and then we're home and dry. But it just wasn't quite I enough. I don't think so. he wanted to do that with Everton in mind, though, did he? It kind of like, as you say, it was a bit of a mixture in the team selection. So he he, he did have the the play. He did have the youth players in there to give him a you know give him a game, but he, he kind of like didn't take it seriously enough but then again he did think that we had the players on the fi- on the field to to win that game uh, and he's shot himself in the foot a bit because he's snacked out a few players that have now played two hours of football some of them and then you've got a game coming up against Everton at the weekend so yeah, yeah it's a, a gambit that didn't quite pay off in hindsight though i mean do you think he sh- he should have given Ward Prowse and Romeo 120 minutes with Everton in mind, knowing by the way that you've got Hoiberg returning for that game. Yeah, I mean with um, Ward Prowse and Romeo, I think you could probably say that with with Hoiberg coming in, and that's that's not h- huge thing in in there, is there? But um, but ideally, yeah. you don't need 120 minutes. I mean, from two 0 up, you, you're not looking at extra time. You you want to see this game out. But typical Saints, you know. Yeah, I mean, this this game was played two weeks early, in my opinion, because it was just Groundhog Day. It was the same thing that we saw in in the uh, away tie. Yeah, Redmond really stamping his mark. We go two two goals up and just throw it away in just a really sloppy fashion. Yeah, um, I want to talk about Tyreek Johnson with you. Um, how do you think he did in his? Well, 45 minutes on his first start. Yeah, because we had a little bit of a hot debate of this in the first half. Oh, no, it wasn't a hot debate. It was just, it was something that, it kind of confused me a bit. Yeah. I thought thought he did fine. I thought, well, there's good and bad parts of it, but I thought he started so well. I thought he was up and down that wing. I thought he put a couple of crosses in. And those ones should have been put away by Long. And if they had been put away by Long, then people would have been saying how great Long was and how great Johnson was. They weren't. So 
and, and he made a couple of sloppy passes. Sure, he he gave the ball away a lot. He he got his book in, a silly book in. But overall, I don't think he was that bad. And I don't think he was yanked because he didn't want another Valerie situation. Exactly, and that's why I said he he looked a bit of a liability because yeah, he In was giving the ball away and he looked a bit hot-headed and frustrated and the, uh, I, I saw another Jan Valerie playing out with him being sent off before the first half was over. Luckily, it didn't happen and um, yeah, he managed to take him off at half-time. But, I mean, you can understand. I mean, the, these kids are getting next to no minutes. Um, his eagerness to impress, knowing that he's not going to get, he may not get you know, many more chances. Sure. He's just going to run around and do everything he can. You, you can understand it, and the, the the criticism that he got because of it is just unwarranted. I feel. No, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not slagging off, but I'm saying like, yeah, he's a rough diamond, and he did show moments of brilliance. But uh, yeah, you can't afford to be ten men down um, in the first half. No, okay, no, he was right to come off. I think, yeah, because mm-hmm. to say you don't want another a Valerie a Valerie situation. Um, the, another talking point that I wanted to talk to you about, um, I know we've, we've discussed this many times before and it isn't going to be the last. Um, the VAR situation, where, <laughs> where, do you, where do you stand on this? My position hasn't changed. Um, are you talking specifically about the disallowed goal in the first half? Or? Yes, yes, specifically. I mean, I know how you feel about VAR, but um, yeah. in general, th- this decision... I think this is just a perfect example of um, my criticism of it, is that it it takes away the pace of the game. Um, I got fed up with um, Danny Murphy. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I tweeted bang, about it as well. Yeah, just banging on about it. Um, yeah, I don't think it really really should have been given that. Um, and well, you no, think the goal was right to be disallowed? Uh, no, no, I, I think it probably should have stood. I think in, in any other circumstance, it probably would have stood. But um, VAR takes away the pace uh, of the game and for the fans in the stadium. I mean, they had already, um, you know, lined up at the halfway line. They were ready to kick off again. And they still didn't know uh, whether the goal had been allowed or not. And no, it just takes away the entertainment. But it was on the screens. It was saying VAR is, is, is watching. So the players should know. I mean, it's the, what more can they do? Oh, to me, right, the time doesn't make a difference. If you're getting these decisions right, I don't care how long it takes. Obviously, but within we, reason. Uh, and, and I think they made the right decision. I, looking back at it now, I mean, how? I mean, okay, you can say his shoulder kept him on side, but how? Mm-hmm. How is a defender supposed to know that his shoulder is keeping him on side? No one's going to play for that. And I think they made the right right decision. They looked at it and thought, "Oh, we're just going to check just to just to make sure he wasn't offside." I think they made the right decision. Yeah, it was very, very tight. Yeah, it was tight either way. But yeah, I, I've got no no problems with it. I mean, I think if he had been offside, clearly, and the goal, and they didn't look at VAR, we would have been hard done by. We would have been saying it again. We'd have been calling for VAR. Of course. Um, and you know, likewise with Derby as well. With, you know, you can feel aggrieved either way. But I I think it's there to to stop things like that. If there's a you know if there's a chance that he could be offside, what's wrong with with taking a look? If it's going to save you three points or a cup exit, I'm all for it. I still think it's a good decision. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it didn't matter either way. Derby weren't robbed, whatever way you look at them. No, I suppose not. Um, positives um, from the from the Derby game. What are you taking from it? Um, another good Redmond performance. Um, yeah. wasn't total shit. Um, yeah, he had moments, and he had he had the assist. 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think after seventy or so minutes, there were there were positives there, but I mean, they were just completely nullified by the way we we just let in a couple of sloppy goals. Yeah, the second one in particular for me, the the, the free the free header, it's just a common theme that they need to sort out. Um, but yeah, positives. I, I suppose you can look at the you know we've got two free weekends now. Um, so you can rest up and put yeah. 100% into Premier League survival. Um, yeah, and as you said about Redmond, he's becoming more and more important for us. As you saw, he changed the game when he came on. Having said that, I mean, he, I think he should have scored an extra time. And there was a moment when he took a wild shot when he could have slipped it through for, um, I think it was Elianusi. Um Say nothing of the penalty as well. No, I'm not going to say anything about that. It was a poor penalty, but I'm not going to take that as a... Um, did you see or did you hear rather when he missed the penalty the fans were shouting so VAR 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 that was brilliant <laughs> yeah that did, did make me laugh even though we just we just, just missed a penalty I was laughing but it had to be him and when the penalties were up when I saw um, Vestergaard step up I, I, God, I had my head in my hands I thought why is he taking a penalty this can't be happening that's alright penalty but took it well yeah and as the target yeah he took, took the penalty as well um, but yeah as you can say go 2 new up Dropping a 2-0 lead again, we were so comfortable, well, I wouldn't say we were so comfortable, but, we, you know, at that point when we were 2-0, at no point did I think this was going to happen again. Um, and then the first run went in. Uh, the first goal was like a free kick. Do you think any blame needs to be attached on Angus Gunn? Ooh. It's difficult. It's yeah. difficult to give the give the man, uh, give the, the goalkeeper... I mean, it was a free kick on the edge of the box. He just swung it in. It went untouched, and Angus Gunn was a little bit late to it. I don't know. I mean, uh, sometimes the, 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 um, the fans give you the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they don't. But um, I just wondered what your what your opinion was on that. I was more annoyed at Stevens for playing all the for playing the whole of Derby County on side. Yeah. Okay. Because that could have been disallowed if if it wasn't for him. That's true. Yeah, um, and overall, it's just game management. It's an, it was an utter embarrassment to happen again, um, you know. And we we paid the penalty quite literally. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, so man of the match for you in this game? <laughs> oh God, do I have to? Um, yeah. See, I want to say Redmond, but I mean that penalty still sticks in my mind, and um, I don't know that I can give it to him. Do you, do you have any candidates other than other than Redmond? Yeah, I think um, uh, James Wood Prowse. I thought he was um, he was my man of the match. I know I thought he was brilliant. Uh, it's another. He's just just getting better and better under Hasenhutl. And, and I was wrong because I didn't think he was good enough for this team, and I thought he was just going to be a, a bench warmer for the rest of his career, at least here anyway. But his his passing is so much better. Um, his aggression as well. I mean, you notice the, the, the amount of um, balls that he's winning in the middle of the park now. He's getting stuck into everything. And he is deserving the minutes that he's getting. I thought he had a brilliant game. So, yeah, I'd give him 9 out of 10 on that. And, uh, man of yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, I mean, Romeu. Romeu was good. He does his job well. Um, he's getting back to his best right now, which is good. He found another gear and extra time as well. It's like you expect these sort of players to be you know, leggy and cramp up, but he just he played all night. I thought Romeo was great, and especially in extra time. Yeah, well, it was. I don't know. It was too little, too late. So you're going to take Redmond? I can't give it to Redmond. I think um, 
Yeah, I mean, Prowse, he made some, some great crosses in the first half. And, yeah, also I mean, he was... A, also scored a penalty as well. Scored a penalty, yeah. Um, uh, not in this match, though. Yeah, penalty shootout. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that first penalty. That, no, but that, that's what he does. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he hits the ball well. He knows how to hit a ball. Yeah, penalty for him, no question. Uh, that, that's fine. But, yeah, and he was just, he was there. He, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, can't, I still can't give it to Redmond. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to um, tag along with you and give it to, to James Ward-Prowse. OK, fair enough. Good decision. Um, so, now... We go to Everton. So we won two one. I don't know if you heard. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal from James Ward Prowse. A beautiful goal from James Ward Prowse and uh, a bizarre uh, Dean own goal. Um, and then in the ninety first minute, Sigurdsson, Gilfie Sigurdsson popped up and, and poked one in for Everton. Um, starting lineup. So it went McCarthy back in goal. Went with the wing backs of Valerie and Target. Bednarek, Stevens, and Vestergaard continued in defence. Uh, and James Ward Prowse, Romeo, and Hoiberg returns. Redmond just behind Ings. So Ings comes back. Uh, and obviously, um, Hoiberg Valerie. back from his suspension. And Valerie back from his suspension also. Um, yeah, what do you think about the uh, the lineup? Any Any surprises? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how Hoiberg was going to fit in. Um... Uh, Valerie back was kind of kicked Cedric shifted him out of the squad um, that's fine I think we know that he, he does like Valerie um, Hoiberg Hoiberg <laughs> 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 uh, yeah Hoiberg and Romeu um, in a holding role and Ward-Prowse in, in, in the centre mid um, yeah that, that all worked out well uh, I, thought, I thought that was great and Ings, basically the lone striker, and then Redmond, I think he just played wherever he bloody well wanted, didn't he? Just behind, yeah. And I, I've been saying for weeks as well that I want to see him play through that centre, and he's he's flourishing. This is mm. great. I love it. Um, yeah, he was getting up the the wings um, with, with with target. I mean, I thought they, they linked up um, brilliantly uh, in the first half. Yeah, well, from what, you know, target went off way early but from what he did contribute I thought he was one of his better games that I've seen him this season so it was a shame to lose him to yeah. injury so early but yeah um, I, I was happy with the formation I think it's, it is working and I also think that when Ryan Bertrand comes back we're going to be even stronger um, and Hoiberg coming back you know how important he is um, you know you've got Hoiberg James Ward-Prowse and you've got Romeo playing so well and there is healthy competition now, and you've still got Lamina. Oh, Armstrong didn't even get into that starting line. Armstrong we expected him to start. It, because they were very like heavy in the midfield as well, yeah. Mm. So you can see why that um, they let Stephen Davis go because if if you've got all those players playing on the, you know to top of their you know as top as the, the the best they can play, where does it leave Lamina? Where does it leave Stephen Davis? Obviously they've looked at it and thought, yeah, Davis can go to get some some first team football but yeah I mean when Lamina comes back is he going to fit in? I, I, I'm struggling to see where and now we're out the cup I mean it's just, this is just it now isn't it the league This is what I mean about all these transfers that we were being linked with I don't want to spoil this 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 thing that we've got now especially in the midfield I mean I've been calling for a 
a creative midfielder, the someone that can that can win games. And it looks like at the moment that James Ward Prowse is doing that. He's got the aggression at the moment. He's got the passing. He's got the goals as well. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil that. And he can and, sit sit back and um, yeah, just sit right in front of the defence and and um, clear up that one. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, Ings back in the team as well. Um, again, some the only person that seems to be consistently scoring for us. Um, what did you make of his performance yesterday? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of playing in patches, and what we did see of him was was positive. But I'm not in, entirely sure if he's up to full fitness yet. I think I don't uh, think he's ever going to be up to full fitness, is he? Oh no, he's he, he's never going to play the full ninety minutes, especially not at the pace that Ralph's demanding from the team. But yeah, I mean, he he, he was um, getting on the end of. Um, a lot of balls and um, yeah, putting them through. I think the the Redmond, well, the Dean own, own goal um, that came off Reading's pass, and um, yeah, yeah, and just before half time as well, he, he managed to um, push through the defence and and get a shot on there. So yeah, I mean, so he's making making his self, um, yeah, he was making an impact. Yeah, Vestergaard. Um, what, what do you think about Vestergaard yesterday? I think the whole defensive line had um, a very good match. Um, he looks to have definitely improved under under Ralph. Uh, Stevens as well. I mean, he he had been on and off before, but he seems to be a lot more consistent. And Bednar, I guess now, yeah, I guess now with um, sorry, Yoshida being away, um, they're getting consistent games and playing with the three. Uh, yeah, it's. It's it's a good little trio they've got going there. Yeah, I mean, Bednarek has just uh, just been an absolute star. Um, it's going to be a real, real battle royale when Yoshida comes back to see um, what what back three does go with. Yeah, um, Bednarek uh, just proving Mark Hughes wrong that he was mm. wrong to leave him in the wilderness and keep playing. Who? Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a, a question that we had on. Matt Markstone's show was the um, when Yoshida does return, does he get into the team? These are all good problems. I mean, you've got players, yeah. players and backup that you you feel deserve, you know, minutes and like Lamina, like Yoshida, and indeed Armstrong as well. Like, where where are they going to fit? Because I mean, the way I see it now, the only person that is going to come back and go straight into that side is is Bertrand. Mm-hmm. Because the team we play against Everton, why we'd have no need to change it. So yeah. if if we have, let's just say for argument's sake, we have got Yoshida back, we have got Lamina, we've got Bertrand, we've got Austin, all these players are back and healthy. I still would go with how we played against Everton, and that is really unfair to Stuart Armstrong because he was our Player of the Month last month. Mm. So, like I say, it's, it's it's good, healthy problems to have. Yep, first team problems. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the stats on this game that we, we talked about on the other show also as well. Um, possession. We were like behind on possession. Well, I don't quite remember. I can't quite remember what the possession was. But it was like thirty-nine percent, was it? Thirty-nine sixty-one, which is actually yeah. higher than um, in pretty much all of the games that we've played under Aston Hutton. Well, I mean, you you can imagine that our possession would have would have been down against Chelsea, but you know, stubborn, kept their line, uh, and kept the goals out. 
So obviously it doesn't matter possession. Um, and, and yesterday was no, you know, no different. Thirty-nine percent possession. I think at half time we had more attempts than them. I'm not sure what it was at, at full time. Do you know the Do you know the stats? I don't have the half time stats. No. Well, the half time stat we had six attempts to, to their two. Okay. Um, but then we don't dominate possession. So this is the thing. I, I'm, are we sitting back, uh, holding our line, being stubborn, saying to them, you, know, you 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 come and get get past us, and if you make a mistake, we're gonna we're gonna attack. Yeah. And with the newfound press and energetic style that they play, it looks like they have been working on counter-attacking because you saw that a couple of times yesterday. As soon as Everton lost the ball, boom, Saints were right on it. Yep. Straight at the other end of the field. So, possession matter to you? I mean, no, we're not playing a, a possession game. I mean, we're not the masters of tiki-taka, are we? Um no. And yeah, that, that's how we play. And yeah, I mean, you, could, you can't pass the ball around that much and and uh, run and press at the pace we do. Um, yeah, it's just the game we play. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the goal, the uh, James Ward-Prowse goal. Talk me through it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's a really poor clearance from Zuma that falls to Prowse, and yeah, rather than run through the defence, he just just shoots through it from about 25 yards out. He catches Pickford off his line slightly and, yeah, just absolute no chance, screamer. Yeah. But I think in that, you know, when he was fighting for that ball, when I say fighting for the ball, there was a loose ball that he he broke away from Gay at, the, at that point and his desire to get to the ball. And, yeah, he could have had a pass to his right, decided to have a go. As I said earlier, he knows and we all know how well he can strike a ball. And it's paid off. So I, I, I am so pleased for him. And it was a, yeah, gave Pickford no chance. Brilliant. Um, and the, the, the away, uh, sorry, the, the the second goal. Strange one. Yeah. <laughs> still, I've still, I've watched it so many times now. And I'm just thinking, it looked like Redmond didn't know that uh, Dean was behind him. Yeah. He, 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 I, I think he thought he had more time on the ball. Because he was kind of, he wasn't, sprinting toward goal he was just like holding back and he sort of like looked over his shoulder at that moment that he came in and you know just toe poked it in the bottom corner so yeah thanks for that yeah cheers mate yeah um uh we saw earlier uh, later on as well that the redmond and gay had a bit of a tussle um redmond was pretty lucky there if i say we did get booked for it yeah i mean there was a bit of a shove so yeah and he kept on as well that's the thing he kept on arguing about it, and I thought he's going to get himself sent off here but no uh, but Sigurdsson poked one in at the end won, won the game 2-1 how nervy were you towards the end especially when those added minutes kept coming kept going oh my god I mean uh, at the 90 minute mark I couldn't believe it I thought this is the the, the best 90 minutes of football we've played all season this is perfect yeah. nice comfortable win yeah <laughs> Um, and just the, the clock just ticks into added time, and we we we, we couldn't clear it. I mean, Vestergaard heads it, our Prousey heads. It. I think the whole team just is trying to clear it, but can't. And then yeah, Sigurdsson just smacks it in, and you think that oh, here we go, yeah, yeah here we go again. I was <laughs> and, prepared, and it was a prolonged suffering, wasn't it? It was nearly nine minutes of added yeah. time. 
Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, I, I was so nervous. I was just a mirror image of Ralph Hasenhutl just, just screaming, you know, blow the bloody whistle. <laughs> yeah. Put an end to it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, much, and when it happened, it was just the relief and the, pa- you could see the passion on Hasenhutl as well, even before the yeah. whistle went. He was so anxious to get that whistle blown. But yeah, at the end of the game, back. no, and he ran onto the pitch and I noticed that he was, he went around and hugged every single one of his players. Um, I really like to see that. Yeah, so, yeah, means so much to him and to, to all the players as well, and, and the fans as well. We haven't felt like this in a long time. Yeah, of course. So, second home win this season. Still, it's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> you look at it, it's only two home wins. It's... And they both come under Ralph. Yeah, still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. But, you know, looking at the fixtures, so we got Crystal Palace next at home. Then we go to Burnley, and then we're at home to Cardiff. And I think we've got Fulham towards the end of February as well. So, you know, I, I fancy nine points in those, you know, Palace, Burnley and Cardiff. And I think I think we can get it. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got 10 days off now, or 11 days off. We've got no cup competitions. You know, Ryan Burcham should be back. We should be well-rested, confident. You know, and I think Crystal Palace have got a cup game to play they've got a fourth round FA Cup game to play so and I I do believe that that's like three days before the Saints game also so it depends on how serious they want to take that FA Cup game but yeah so we, we've got to be looking at these this fixture just now thinking how many points can we get out of the, how, how many points can we actually get out of these and you know the potential where we could be in the league at the end of at the end of January sorry at the end of February yeah these these are three winnable fixtures the, the Palace, I mean, Palace, they're a bit of a wild card. I mean, they can um, take it to the biggest of clubs. So, yeah, we're not in for an easy ride there. But, yeah, I mean, Burnley have, have been, well, atrocious up until very, very recently. And then they've managed to get a good run of fixtures. Um, Cardiff, we should have beaten last time. Yeah, I want to get revenge on Cardiff for that one yeah. before. Uh, we're a different team now. I think that was Hassan Hoofel's first game, so we're a different team now. Um, and I'm looking at the home win percentages as well here. Like um, Mark Hughes was at 10%, Pellegrino 27%, and Ralph Hassan Hoofel 50%. Um, that says it all. Yeah, so, yeah, you can see that he's changed everything around for us. It's it's just such a transformation. Yeah, and we need to get an even higher percentage yeah. by the end of Feb. And do you know that when he took over, we were five points behind Cardiff, and seven matches later, we're three points clear of him. It's so, amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're moving up the table. We're looking energetic throughout. James Ward-Prowse is playing the best football of his career, probably. Um, his creativity as well. He's found something. Um, Did we give him man of the match against Everton? Um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a candidate for man of the match. Um, did you have him as man of the match? Yep. Oh, actually, you know what? I had Bednarek as my man of the match. Okay, there you go. We can we can uh, split the accolades. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think that's about right. Yeah, both of them had a had a case for it. So yeah. But, you know, negatives from this game, we still have problems with game management. We still can't see the games out. I don't want to have these nervy finishes all the time, but then, you know, it wouldn't be Saints without a nervy finish, I suppose. 
And Hasenhurtle said that it was the best that he's seen them play, and we could have had four or five. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We could have done. I, I mean, that. Jack Jack Stevens could have had a goal. That would have sold, uh, sunk them because that would have been three 0 at that point if Stevens had a had a gone in. It should have gone in as well. But you know, instead, you know, we just let them back in all the time. You, you always fear it's gonna. You say it's gonna just. You know, you always feel the worst with them. And I still am uneasy whenever a ball comes into the box. Because, you know, we see it all the time. It happened against Derby as well. But, yeah, man of the match for me was uh, Bednarek. I thought his blocking, his his passing, that little looped through ball to um, Ings was was incredible. That was sublime, yeah. Yeah, interceptions, everything. Yeah, brilliant performance from him. And I think, yeah, he's here to stay. Um, and you're going with Ward-Prowse, yeah? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. So standings leaves us 15th now on 22 points. Heady heights. Yes. that's My head's spinning. That's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so our next game is Crystal Palace on Wednesday, the 30th of January, 7.45 at St. Mary's. Um, Yeah, Palace, you you talked about them briefly um, when we were looking at the fixture list. Uh, another one difficult to call. You said they can, they can, you know, play with the best. Like yesterday, they played Liverpool at Anfield and only had a narrow defeat there. Yeah, they scored three goals and still couldn't win. Doesn't you don't often score three goals at Anfield? So no. yeah, I mean they're just above us in the league on goal difference in in 14th. You know, I, I, I seem like I say this every time we play, but it's a big game. This. <laughs> it's a must win. It's a a (laughs) six-pointer. No, it is in terms of the league table, though. I mean, you win this, you're going to go three points ahead of them. So in that regard, it is is a big game. Yeah, and it's the kind of fixture that you see Palace losing and the kind of fixture that you see Saints winning. Yeah, well, that's that's what we like. Um, But as I said, they play their fourth-round FA Cup game on Sunday, the Sunday the 27th. Um, and they're at home to Spurs. So, do they take it seriously? Do they play Zaha, Townsend, Coyate, or do they just you know, like, okay, let's concentrate on the on the league? Yeah. Um. So yeah, only three days on from us. So hopefully they'll be a little bit, you know, shattered. Hopefully Tottenham can give them a a, a good run around. But the league has to be their priority. Um. And looking at their league form. You know, they lost yesterday to Liverpool, um, but, you know, put in a brilliant performance. They can't be disheartened with that. If, if, was it 4-3 loss at Anfield? Um, before that, they lost at home to Watford 2-1. But then they went to Molyneux and won 2-0. They lost at home to Chelsea 1-0. Uh, drew 0-0 at home with Cardiff. So, you know, apart from yesterday, they look like they're struggling for goals. Goals don't come easy. Yeah, and if they're without Wilfred Zahar for whatever reason, it's like they're just completely impotent. Oh, you could say that about Redmond and Saints, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Predictions. Where are you going with this? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Saints. Oh, I had 2-1 Saints. OK, I'll change. You're going 2-1 Saints. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that we can beat them comfortably. But like I said, Saints and comfortable don't really go together. Um I, 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 well, basically, I, I can see us winning the game, but I can also see Crystal Palace scoring. But as you've gone 2-1, I will probably change my mind and go 1-0. Yeah, 
Ooh. I can't see it being being. Um, I can see it being very close. Put it that way. I'm not mm. going to take anything away from from Crystal Palace. So, you know, I'll, I'll say one 0 It's been a long time since we've had a clean sheet. I suppose in that nil nil with uh, Chelsea, but um, yeah, that'd be a well needed clean sheet if it does happen that way. And then we go to Turf Moor on the second of February. That's a three o'clock kickoff to play Burnley. And they've gone from having a real shocker of a season, combining their Europa League efforts with the league and how that's worked out for them. Um, they've really picked up their form recently and um, beaten West Ham, Huddersfield, um, Fulham, but back-to-back, um, beat Barnsley in the Cup and they yeah, drew with Watford yesterday as well. Mm. So they've, they've uh, found a little uh, little bit of form at the wrong time. Yeah, I think it have, if this game had been at St Mary's, I would have said, yeah, we're taking a comfortable three points here. Um, but I just think there's something about them that might be the wrong time to be playing them. But having said that, I still think we're going to get a result. So I will say 2-0 away win. 2-0 away win. Yeah. Mm, okay. I mean, getting two goals at Tyre for more. Yeah. Um, i say with, with Tom Heaton back, they've really stepped up the defence and I, I think it's going to be really tough to, to get anything at all. I, I'm still going to go with the Saints win, though. I'm going to go 1-0 on this one. 1-0. 1-0 Saints, yeah. Okay. Okay, so with that, we're going to check the predictions from last week. Derby, I said 2-1 to Saints. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said 1-0 to Saints. So no points for either of us. But then Everton, uh, you said 1-1. And I said 2-1 Saints. So mm, did. bang on. Five points. So there's a bit of a gap now. So that leaves the scores 41 to 35 in my favour. I say a bit of a gap, but it's still fairly close, isn't it? It's, it's still close. It's, it's not mm. a lot in it. Six points clear. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's probably the biggest gap it's been. That's why I say there's a gap. But yeah, it's still a long way to go. But yeah. Um, did you do fantasy football this week? Fantasy football, yeah. So there's um, still the game between Tottenham and Fulham still being played out. They're drawing 1-1 at the moment. Yeah, five minutes to go. Yeah, Harry Kane's not playing either. Nope. No. Um, so, yeah, looking at our, in that number of podcast league, um, latest update, Harris Sanjaman is killing it again with 61 points. Oh, had, somebody beat him. Yeah, Mo Salah as captain. Um, yeah, I had Rashford as captain. He did score, but it just wasn't enough. Um, and your Lord of the Ings. Well, yeah. Kane was your captain, he didn't play. Although yeah, Salah's right. just Salah's your vice captain, so I think you might be boosted a little bit, mate. Mm. I think you may be this week's uh, runaway winner. Oh, good. Because you've, you've got Bertrand and Kane, your team, that didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to give you an extra 25 points. So I think, yeah, you've, you've, actually, <laughs> you've actually snuck from behind to win it this week with 70 points. Ah. Oh. That's nice. I won. There you go. I said somebody beat him, and it turns out it was me. <laughs> it was you, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my defence was shocking. 
uh, Pereira, Digne, Alderweireld, all letting in goals and yeah, zero points from a whole defence. Yeah, I'm just uh, going uh, around uh, Twitter. There was a little, nice little fan chant. Um, did you see this? Uh, probably, but um, refresh my memory. Um, the Jan Bagnarek fan chant. Oh yes, I did actually tweet him and say, "Oh, can I use that for the show?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too last week. So yeah, um, inspiration courtesy of Saints Chance and they're at SFC underscore Chance on Twitter. Got a lovely little Jan Bagnarek chant that they've been trying out at St Mary's. Do you want to hear it? I'd love to hear it. All right, let's go. Jan Bednarek's magic, he wears a magic hat. And if you threw a brick at him, it hit the fucker back. He tackles with his left foot, he clears it with his right. And when he heads it off the line, we'll sing this song all night. <laughs> yeah. That's great, that's catchy. And Gabby Dini's gone, so the tune's free, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Actually, you know what? We had, we had an email, well, we had a post on our Twitter for a question. Um, so I'm going to read it out if I may. Um, he said, this is from Kevin McGee. He says, how far do you think Ralph Hasenhutzel can get us? Um, are we thinking about Europe? Yeah, Champions League, mate, yeah. Yeah, simple. No, <laughs> honestly. Um, if we can hold on to him for a few seasons, I thought I think we will be challenging for the Europa League. Yeah. Yeah, I said this on on that Mark Stone show. I answered it on there as well. But it's um, I said yeah, it's easy. It's, it is easy to get carried away when you've had your back to back wins. Um, and then I do think if Ralph Hasenhutter had started this season in charge, you know, he would have had a full summer training and maybe brought in some players that he would have liked. Then who knows where we would have been this season? You know, he could have. Yeah, we we could be right up there challenging for it, but I do I don't think this season we we need to be thinking about that. We just got to go and I, I'd be quite happy if we stayed where we were right now. We need to stay in up. All honesty, yeah, I just need to start right now and then let him have that that full summer. Like I say, bring in his players, get his whole regime up, um, and then maybe have a go next season, see where we go. But like you say as well, I think the real challenge will be keeping hold of him mm. because you know. If imagine if we do if we do survive this season and next season we go we go and you know make make it into Europe, the possibilities that that are there for him personally, you know anybody could want him and that we're just going to have to go through it again. It happened with Pochettino, um, you know Kuman as well went to a, I'm using my fingers as quotations went to a bigger club in Everton. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just the, the, the challenges is to keeping hold of these. It's the same with the players as well. You get a decent player, they start playing well, you lose them to a bigger club. So yeah, that, that's going to be the real challenge is keeping hold of him. And yeah, if but you I mean, can keep hold of him for a couple more seasons, then yeah, you you've got to be happy with it. I mean, we've got to be used to it as Saints fans that we get in these young, promising managers that um, yeah do wonderful things at Saints and then move on to bigger clubs and, and, and do whatever they have to do for them. And the same with the players. So, yeah, I mean, you just have to live with it, I suppose. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. <laughs> it is. No, but, I mean, it's, it's better being that way than, you know, being down in the doldrums or being a, being a stoke or whatever. Well, some people treat it like a business and saying, well, we're making money off, off these people, so what's the problem? 
but you know the fans will not see it like that. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and and Gao being the kind of shadowy figure that he is, that that is worrying. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, if we can keep up this this strategy that we've got and that's been a proven formula in the past, then yeah, there'll be no trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so thanks for sending in that question, Kev. It was um yeah, it's good. So if anyone anyone else has got any more questions, they can you can always contact us on our email and find us on Twitter and, and on Facebook. We're always gonna gonna give you an answer. So yeah, and we read out as well. So yeah. Uh, All right. to hear from you. Um before we go, I'm gonna keep up our regular segment uh, with a little Russian phrase to see us out. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> you ready for this one? It's a good oh, yeah. one this week. Okay, you said that last week. No, but this one's brilliant. It's a really handy one. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, so I want you to imagine a hoodie throwing popcorn around the cinema, right? Yeah. Okay. What is he? He's a he's a scatter yob. Scatter yob. Scatter yob. That's a skate fucker. <laughs> scatter yob. <laughs> scatter yob. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a handy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone listening needs to uh, remember that. Remember that one. Yeah. Next time you're in Portsmouth and you want to slag them off, um, but you don't want to... You don't want to get your head kicked in. Just say, yeah. oh, no way. 93rd minute winner from Tottenham. Amazing. Three thank minutes stoppage you. time. Who have we got Harry to thank Winks. for that one? Harry Winks. Nice one. Oh, poor Fulham. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, so we're not back. We're not here next week because um, Saints are not in the cup anymore. So we are back on the 3rd of February. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So that's after the Palace game on the 30th and the Burnley game on the 2nd. So mm-hmm. we'll have two games and we'll be previewing the Cardiff City game. So, yeah, any questions, send them in. And, yeah, up the Saints. Up the Saints. <laughs>